Greetings, ladies. Thank you for gathering with me today. We have been studying the back wheel of our bicycle. Today, we will look at the last two spokes. Remember, the bicycle is an analogy of the walk of a disciple of Christ. The life of a believer is built and supported by the frame, which is Jesus. We then add the chain of grace connecting to the hub of the back wheel. The hub is focused on Christ as our Lord. The rim is the obedient Christian in action. And the vertical and the horizontal spokes combine to keep our wheel balanced and rolling along. Now, let's hear from Irma's heart to yours. She says, hello, we have been studying the wheel illustration a visual portrayal of the Christ-centered lifestyle of a disciple. The first two spokes deal with our relationship with God. The last two spokes deal with our relationship with our fellow men and women. Fellowship with believers and unbelievers alike. May you be blessed as you study today. Love, Irma. Before we begin, let's take a few moments to pray. Dear Father, people are on your heart and you desire a relationship and fellowship with everyone you've created. Please open our eyes and soul to your word and give us your perspective on the lost all around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, we will study the horizontal spokes, which are fellowship, and witnessing. So let's begin with fellowship. A working definition of fellowship is comradeship, companionship, a relationship in which parties hold something in common, sharing things mutually, working together toward a common goal, or enjoying a friendly association. Today, many would call this community or connection. As believers, the basis of our fellowship is found in 1 John chapter 1, verse 3, which says, What we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. If we follow the Acts 2.42 model, there are four ministries the early church held and practiced continuously. They are, number one, devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, and secondly, to fellowship, thirdly, to the breaking of bread, and lastly, to prayer. We cannot compare our culture and demands with theirs because it is a priority issue, not a cultural one. They devoted themselves, gave themselves to these four priorities because they saw the personal and corporate value. The question is, ladies, am I committed to these areas in my church or fellowship, or do I spend this time for other reasons? God will always honor His Word and the obedience to His Word. Dear friends, use your time with other believers to strengthen them through listening, to encourage and build them up in His Word, to pray with them and for them, 
and to stimulate one another to love and good works. If we seek to do this, our fellowship and churches will be amazing places to meet where Christ will be the center. The last spoke is witnessing. This spoke has to do with people, unbelievers and believers. We share what we have seen, heard, and experienced in our relationship with God. Non-believers know that they do not have a relationship with God. But some churchgoers or religious people may think they are good enough to get into heaven. Basically, we can't know someone's heart. Only God can. But we can talk to them about the Lord and be prepared. As 1 Peter 3 verse 15 says, But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. This is both unbelievers and believers and those who don't know where they stand with Christ, but are very religious. Our personal testimony should fall under five points. Firstly, a statement that just ushers in your story in a non-threatening way. Secondly, it should include what your life was like before Christ. Thirdly, the how you met and accepted Christ as your Savior with a simple explanation of the gospel. Don't overwhelm them. Do use a few verses and include what you prayed. Fourthly, briefly tell about your life after Christ. And lastly is a transitional question that can get them to think about making that decision without pressuring them. I want to share with you my testimony and see if you can identify the five points. So let's set the stage. Imagine I've just met a woman my age at a grocery store, and she asked me for help in finding an item. As I engaged her in deeper conversation, I discovered she was new to our area. Further talk, as I'm praying for an opportunity, I asked her if she and her husband had found a church to attend. She said no. I told her about how Jeff and I had chosen our church leading to my testimonial statement that's going to usher it in. Could I tell you about the two stories that changed my life? My background begins in a small town in northwest Oklahoma called Shattuck. My parents moved the family from Texas to Shattuck in 1959. The population probably was about 1,500, and it bustled with lots of activity. The local hospital served four states, and we were very proud of that. It was called the Little Mayo of Northwest Oklahoma. Shattuck also boasted of 17 churches at one time. Our family faithfully attended the Baptist Church, which is about three blocks from our house. I love going to church. And that is where I received a strong biblical foundation of knowledge about God and the Bible. Our church had a weekly revival every fall season. 
This year, in 1959, the speaker was a visiting medical missionary named Dr. Walter Moore, serving in Nigeria, Africa. I was absolutely fascinated by his stories and his slides about his work, but one story stirred my heart. He spoke about a single lady named Mary Slessor, who started an orphanage and served the people of Africa, telling them about Jesus. If an African woman gave birth to twins, the infants were thrown into the river to drown because they were considered evil. Such an event occurred, but Mary rescued the babies, thereby beginning her orphanage. I truly was enthralled by this account. And then he began telling me another true story about Jesus. He said that all people had sinned. I knew about sin because I knew right from wrong and had many spankings growing up. But I didn't know that the payment for sin was death, being separated from God forever. But that God had a gift, which is eternal life, only through Jesus, our Savior. And then he said that God so loved me that he sent his son, Jesus, who died for all of my sins. And then he was buried, and after three days he rose again. And then he showed me a special verse that said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will fellowship with him and he with me. So Jesus knocks. I hear the voice. I open the door. And Jesus says he will come in. I did open the door of my heart and I invited Jesus to come in, asking him to forgive me of my sins and to be my savior. Did you know I discovered that after I received Jesus, the Bible says that my name is written in the book of life? Imagine that. My name, Sherry Ann Ridenour Jordan, written forever in his book. Ever since that night, I have never doubted my experience. Now, after 63 years, I can look back as I grew in my relationship with Jesus and can honestly say that I love him more today than I did when I was eight years old. There has been great times, but also some very painful events and confusion and loss, but I was never alone. He has proven to be faithful someone I can trust, my very best friend, and my God. I love to read his word and pray and enjoy my day with him. But you know, that's enough about me. Let me ask you something. Has Jesus ever knocked on the door of your heart? Is your name written in the book of life for eternity? Could I help you find the answers to those questions? Ladies, turning the conversation upon her, giving her an opportunity to say yes or no is an excellent idea. It has been my experience that the one I think would not be interested usually are. It always amazes me. Our job is not to convert them, but to share the good news and God's free gift of salvation and eternal life with them. Have you ladies had the joy of leading another person to Christ? Ask God to open up opportunities to share your testimony and to reap souls for his kingdom. Let's end our time in prayer. Dear Father, 
How great and deep is your love toward all mankind. May our fellowship in our homes, groups, and churches be an Acts 2, 42 experience as each lady makes this a priority in her life. Father, as the ladies write out their testimonies, would you guide them, help them to make it simple for recall as they include the five points? Then, mighty God, open up wonderful conversations with other women or children where they can share their story. Father, please give them the joy of leading some to salvation. We give you all the glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, ladies. Until we meet again, bye for now.